Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Had an awesome weekend. You watched some golf on TV. Kind of like watching golf on TV. Really like watching napping watching golf on TV. Huh? Oh, what happened? Oh, Bruce Kepka is bad today. <laughs> watch some baseball. Watch some basketball. What a great weekend. What a great weekend. Um, okay, so we're at this uh, at this juncture, this point in time, thousand points of light. We're at this point in time where um, college football is trying to decide should we play or should we go, right? And what you hear from a lot of people is, you know, if there was just a commissioner, if there was just a commissioner, we need better leadership. Now, I would... I would say, sure, we, we, we do need better leadership, okay? But what's, what's interesting is I think a lot of the people who say we need better leadership 
have a predetermined belief in what that leadership would ultimately say. You know, if we had better leadership, this thing would have been canceled six months ago. You know, if we had better leadership, we'd be going through with college football, right? Because this is our biggest problem. We yearn for leadership, except when that leader tells us the opposite of what we think to be the appropriate course of action, right? That's really what it kind of comes down to. It's, it's like feedback in my business. Everybody says, hey, man, I could really use some feedback until your boss is like, oh, you want feedback? Yeah, that last uh, last segment sucked. Here's why you rambled. You didn't introduce yourself. You didn't reset. You, you didn't have clock integrity. I didn't really I didn't really know what to take away. You could have taken a call or a tweet or a text, whatever. Your voice wasn't great. Like, man, I got beat up. Well, you said you wanted feedback. No, no, no I just wanted you to tell me I'm awesome. That's what I really wanted. And to give me a raise. Walk in here and say, I listened to that last segment. You're the best. Here's a raise. Here's $100,000 more. That's what most people want. It's just like leadership. We don't want leadership. We want telling us somebody who agrees with us to be in charge. That's our assumption of how leadership looks. You know? You know, we just had better leadership during the pandemic. Have any, has anybody else been through a pandemic? Oh, I'm sorry. You got all these really ex experienced pandemic people who understand the landscape of college athletics. Uh, I'm going to quote myself in something that I tweeted out earlier today. We need leadership. We hate our leaders. We need unions to protect people. We hate bad unions. We want to pay players. You can't fire players. We want athletes to speak out. We don't like what athletes have to say. Let the adults speak. Right? That's basically where we are in college football. You know? So you're sitting there and you're going to tell yourself that if there was a leader, he or she would agree with you. And the leaders that we don't like are the ones that don't agree with us. That's really, it's, that, it's very much that simple. You know? And the other part to it is th there is leadership of the NCAA. That's Mark Emmert. Now, they have no oversight into college football. They don't. They have rules for all student athletes, but no oversight into the actual execution of college football games. That's by design. These schools want to be mini fiefdoms and keep their money within the conference. They don't want the NCAA to get in on that because the NCAA takes everybody. They, what the NCAA needs to do is not change anything except for the voting structure. If they made it more like a presidential election, I think we'd be a lot better off. Here's what I mean. Presidential election, you have the electoral college, right? The, the, the states with the most people have the most votes in electoral college. But the smaller states do in fact matter, right? How did, how did President Trump beat Hillary Clinton? It wasn't because of California or New York or Texas. Texas goes red, California and New York go blue. Might have been slightly because of Florida, okay, which is a little mixture there and is a swing state. But the truth is, it's Ohio, it's Pennsylvania, it's Wisconsin, it's Iowa. Those are the states that swung the election. So what they could do is 
give a higher percentage of the votes to the major conferences. The SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC. You do that, and all of a sudden now you have more of an electoral college sort of feel. The problem, though, is that we'd say we want leadership for college football, but the second that Mark Emmert says anything in the rest of collegiate sports, he's the worst guy ever, a complete idiot. They need a leadership change. Whether it's dad problems or leadership problems or whatever sort of hesitance we have towards somebody telling us this is the best thing we can do. Like even Adam Silver, who I, I've given him credit, he's right in terms of the bubble. They're right in terms of timing it out. They've absolutely nailed it. My pitfalls to the bubble will still see, I believe, not just in that people are out and about, but the pitfalls are like at some point you're not going to get the same product when you've had guys sequestered in a hotel for two, three, four months on end. You're just not. Doesn't mean you'll have a horrible product, but it won't be the same top end level product that you used to have. But, but, but even Silver, like his leadership, you could call into question because he's cowered so much to the players and towards their demands that will probably hurt their ratings. Once we get ultimately to the conference finals and NBA finals and that they don't just have their names in the back of the shirts. And, and just so you're aware, like before you go running back to social media and say, Doug Gottlieb's the worst person ever. I'm not, it won't change. It doesn't stop me from changing the channel, but there are a percentage of people who won't watch because you kneel before the national anthem. And because you, you wear, Slogans and sayings representing Black Lives Matter on the back of your jersey. You may say, like LeBron James, I don't care about the president, but the president had 60 million people vote for him. That doesn't mean they're all ideologists, that they all believe in whatever that he, he's selling them, but enough of them do where it's going to ultimately hurt your bottom line. But without getting too far afield, you got all these people calling for a conference commissioner don't they understand that every conference is different because every region is different? It's really, really hard. Yes, the Power Five wants to secede. The problem is that the Power Five needs the little conferences for those guarantee games, which are major moneymakers for both sides. If you cut them out, potentially you can make more money because you can sell every seat if you only play Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12 ACC games. We won't play those in our, we don't play any of the little boys that cuts out the little guys, but, but you're going to have a lot more L's on your record. You know, you can't play 10 conference games as opposed to playing nine, nothing more teams are going to lose a game or two games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of been, people have been criticizing the lack of football of leadership, but you know, the, the truth is that, most of these conferences want to keep it within the conference. That's why the conferences, you know, they want like-minded, like-sized schools in the same region that view things the same way. That's what they want. They don't want any sort, they don't want a dictator. They don't even want an elected leader. Coming up next, Tiger Woods did not win the PGA Championship, but I think he did win another way. I'll explain next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. It is a really, really fun thing to um, to be sitting there on a Sunday night and you open up social media and you're like, damn, the best college football player in the country basically tweeted out everything that I've been saying for a month, right? Did you, where were you music when you saw those, those, those tweets from Trevor Lawrence? Uh, just at my house. Watching golf and checking Twitter to see what was going on. Did you did you go like, damn it? It, it? it is. It's weird. It does feel like, okay, well, maybe 
maybe your your radio show doesn't resonate as much because you have been set <laughs> right like there's there's the reality to it on the other hand the other part to it is like man this is ex- everyone is taking exactly i mean am, am i missing anything ryan in terms of no, no, I mean, that, that pretty much aligned with it exactly. You mentioning, you know, how a lot of players come from certain backgrounds to where, you know, the virus is sort of hitting the hardest in terms of their living situation, their economic background, access to health care, just their everyday circumstances don't lend themselves to being in a good situation. So a lot of times, if you can create something different and better for them on campus, then they're in a much safer place. So, uh, so here's what Trevor Lawrence tweeted out yesterday. Um, people are just as much, if not more at risk. If we don't play players will be sent home to their own communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families. If they were to contract COVID, not to mention the players coming from situations that are not good for them, their future and having to go back to that football is a safe haven where so many people for so many people, we are more likely to get the virus in everyday life than playing football. Having a season also incentivizes players to be safe and taking all the right precautions to try and avoid the con- contracting COVID because the season teammates and safety is on the line. Without the season, as we've seen already, people will not social distance to wear masks and take the proper precautions. Bingo. Right? Well, they're, they're not going home to get in a bubble, to be bubble boy. That's not what people do. They go home and they're like, all right, I'm going to try and quarantine. And then like a week later, you're like, I am living at home with my parents. I could get the hell out of here. Uh, let's go to the PGA Championship where Tiger Woods was really good yesterday. Wasn't great on Saturday. Wasn't great on Friday. So he finished, I think, tied for 35th. Here was Tiger talking about the tournament after his final round was complete. It held up pretty good this week, you know, all things considered. With it being as, as chilly as it is, you know, warm-up's been good and the body responded, you know, pretty well all week. Um, stayed pretty loose. It'll be nice when it is warmer, but uh, for this week, I was uh, very pleased at how, how it stayed. I stayed warm and I kept my, my layers up, made sure that I was always sweating and uh, stayed loose and um, you know, looking forward to uh, a week off and getting back at it. Yeah, so, so what Tiger's telling you is what we've long thought, which is, What's going to keep Tiger from winning a major is not his skill. He's the greatest iron player in the history of the game. Obviously, his driver can go astray. His putter wasn't good on Friday and Saturday, and so that kept him out of a top 10 finish. Okay, But that course is, you know, mammoth, and you got to be precise with your driving. And right now, at this point in time, that's a hard one for him. But what's more important is does his body hold up to the challenge of it's not just four days. It's also the, the practice rounds as well. So you're like, it's like basically seven days of golf where you're walking two miles and the amount of torque put on that back and the rest of that body that's suffered through so many surgeries is immense. Just tiger, just surviving and then playing well on a Sunday and having no issues with the back. That's a win. That, that's an absolute win. And anyone who says otherwise, your, your expectations of Tiger Woods, considering how good that field was. I mean, look what happened with Brooks Kepka, who's been so money, and how he blew up yesterday. So, yeah, this was Shane Bacon early in the show talking about Tiger. We saw a lot of kind of wishful strokes from Tiger 
you know, in the middle of the tournament, you know, that Friday and Saturday. So it was just bad putting week. I mean, if he rolled in a few more, you know, he would have been somewhere in the 20 to 25 range on the leaderboard. But I did never feel like he was really contending throughout the week. He hit it fine. It's just, you know, you got to roll in 10 footers to win major championships, and he made none for two rounds. Yeah, none for two rounds. But he's fine. His body's good. And with seven majors in 11 months, that's probably the, the most... Uh, that, that's probably the most important thing for his future. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Joel Klatt will join us in a couple of minutes. Um, for everyone who says college football is about the money, take a listen to what Brock Heward, former college football star, former NFL star, and of course, uh, college football analyst, NFL analyst for Fox Sports had to say. You know, I think the last time I was on with you, Doug, we talked about Joe Burrow. And what one year meant to Joe Burrow, you know, had he not had last year, he probably isn't even drafted into the NFL after his first, you know, three, four years in college, but he needed that incredible year. And and with it, he becomes the number one pick in the draft and the Heisman trophy winner. And, and you never know what a year can bring. Well, that's the number one thing college football provides you. College athletics provides you opportunity, opportunity. And all you can ever hope for in this world is an opportunity. An opportunity to show the world how good you are. And that you are better for the team, you are better for a professional team, or you have made it out, or whatever. That's all you can ever hope for is an opportunity. That's what college football provides you. College basketball, the same thing. We we calculate all these other things about a player's value and what he brings to the university. What the university brings them is the opportunity to get into college and opportunity to play and show themselves to the entire world. Uh, There's a a cat. This is actually interesting. Here's the perfect example of it. Okay. And I think, I don't think Joel was playing because he was... I think Joel played at Colorado a little after me. And I remember him playing at Nebraska. And um, there's a dude, it's called The Catch. Matt Davidson, Davison, excuse me, um, was like, I can't remember if he's a walk-on or whatever. Is in 1997, right? the the they were nebraska was playing at missouri the huskers came in to to columbia the number one ranked team in the country tom osborne fresh off his 250th win in 25 years and on the final drive on third down at the missouri 12 matt davison had the catch seven seconds to go scott frost fired the football Okay. Matt Davison is now the color analyst, I believe, for Nebraska football and basketball. He, I played against him in basketball that same year. Like He was a good player. He played two sports, whatever. I think he was a former walk-on in football, and he played two sports, right? Double walk-on makes two sports at Nebraska. He's most known for the catch. And he's made an entire life out of one play that most of you don't know anything about. I do only because I was sitting in my dorm room at Dillon Hall, on a Saturday, watching watching Missouri play Nebraska in the Big 12. And I was like, do you believe that kick? He basically caught it with his legs. Joel Klatt joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You were probably in high school, right? Do you remember the catch, Matt Davison? 
I do remember the catch. Yeah, I was I was in high school still, but <clears throat> I remember it because the opposing quarterback at Missouri was Corby Jones, and I later worked with Corby. Oh, no Corby, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I, re- I remember that, and it was, I, and it was to save. I believe they went on. That was Osborne's last year. Nebraska went on to win the national championship, and that was kind of their their one game that they squeaked by. Yeah, and and so it, like to me like. And look, you and I have gotten back into it about, you know, compensating the players, name and likeness and all other things. Like what we do this dramatic job of understanding is the importance for college football is not just like we make it out like it's all money. Okay, but money's not a bad thing. It does allow a lot of people to to live a great life. The stadiums, the the facilities, the treatment of players, their scholarships themselves, but it also provides a great opportunity for players to play this game and make a name for themselves, which can help them when they get done playing, like a Matt Davison. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm evidence of that, right? And maybe quarterback's a little bit different than that, but I was a walk-on, ended up playing for three years, and I've kind of made uh, a career, you know, from that. Uh, it got my start in local television because of my role with the University of Colorado. So there's no doubt that what you're saying is, is correct. And <clears throat> I believe that the life now for a college athlete in any sport is far greater than what we experienced in, in our time uh, as intercollegiate athletes. So the I think that that's probably a story that the schools do a poor job of telling, Doug, is just what they're providing to these athletes. Because I agree with you. That's why I've been a huge proponent that the only thing that they really need further is their rights to their name, image, and likeness, right? I, I believe in an Olympic model on that. So I don't think that they should be paid by the university. And I think that the opportunities that the university provides and the network that the uh, uh, program provides, I think is invaluable to, to a lot of the players that want to use it the right way. All right. What, uh, what do you, I had heard about this uh, uh, heart issue that there's a fear that especially bigger dudes, if they can track COVID are likely to carry this after even they recover from COVID that it, it could have potentially, you know, harmful effects on their life going forward. And that's really what's, what's put the brakes on the big 10 proceeding. What have you heard? Um, yes, I've heard, I've heard a similar thing that, that one of the biggest issues is, is this new um, kind of revelation of, of the uh, myocarditis, I believe is what they're calling it or something along those lines. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but um, yeah, and, and at this point, I think it's important to know that it is anecdotal, that, that it is a very small number of cases, but it's a number of cases that they need to figure out what's going on. Um, I think that the main point that also needs to be stressed is that it's, it's not hitting football players or athletes at a di- in disproportionate numbers to the regular population. This is a byproduct of COVID, which they could get anywhere. This is a byproduct in, in people with COVID who are not athletes. So I think part of this needs to be a discussion of how do we prevent the spread of the disease within these athletes and their community while also caring for them to the best possible extent. And, and that's why I still believe, even with this, and I've, I've read a lot of the papers on, on the myocarditis, and, and I will tell you that I still strongly believe that the safest spot for the players is within the structure of college football. 
And if you're a basketball player within the structure of college basketball, if you're a volleyball player within the structure of intercollegiate athletics, because the testing will be there. So you won't be walking around for weeks on end, you know, with an asymptomatic case that, that you don't know that you're spreading one, two, if you do contract the virus, then they can immediately do EKGs and echocardiograms and, and uh, cardio MRIs and, and, and the such to be on top of a condition like you're talking about. And then there's the, uh, the constant care and supervision of the medical uh, team that is around you. I think all of that is invaluable, and I think it should be brought to the forefront because I agree with these coaches and many players who have come out today and say we feel safer and are safer within the structure of the sport, even with these conditions that may linger and show up later than we would be outside of the structure of our sport. I, I look, I agree. I've been on that. Uh, I've been on that uh, soapbox for weeks now, maybe even months now. And it's just interesting on how we don't. And even in the NFL, right, where guys are opting out, like, look, if you're going home and you're going to quarantine, legit quarantine. OK, I, I can't really argue with that. But the likelihood that you're going to quarantine for the entirety of the season. And oh, yeah, by the way, you're not getting round the clock medical care testing weekly or even daily in the NFL or whatever. You're not getting those things. Like, I, I, like we're, we're kind of kidding ourselves. You're in the exact same situation, maybe not playing football, but like a, a college kid is going to say he goes, stays home. He's still going to go out. He's still going to, right? And now you don't have the oversight of a coach or teammates pressuring him to, hey, dude, you can't go out or we could lose our season. Like all signs point to agreeing with us and not with this idea of cancel the season. Why then do you think they're really, cons- is it just liability? Yeah, it is. It's, <clears throat> I think it's, it's it's maybe not a hundred percent, but it's it's that's a huge factor, the liability, and and what's here's here's the dirty part out loud, Doug, is that I I don't want to attribute this to individuals, and and this is going to sound harsh, but you know enough prefacing and and let's just say what needs to be said out loud. I believe that if you're a university president, you're not worried as much about your athletes contracting the virus outside of the program than you are contracting it within the program. No question. So it's not about their health and safety. It's about where does the liability fall? If they go get it at home, that's not safer for that student athlete, but it doesn't fall under the umbrella of the liability of the university and even with liability waivers, and I've heard a lot of people talk about waivers. Yeah, those don't stand you know, up. Well, and those, there, there are, I mean, how many plaintiff lawyers out there, they're going to get around that and, and are frothing at the mouth to bring a suit against a conference or a university. So <clears throat> I think it has to do with liability. And, and that's why I believe it is an outright falsity for, for these decision makers to talk about their decisions being in the quote unquote best interest of the health and well being of the student athletes, because that is false. It's not. It is in the best interest of the financial interest of the university. And they don't care if the player contracts the virus at home. They only care if the player contracts the virus on campus and within the program. And that's the dirty part out loud. And if we don't have football, that's the reason why. Joel Klatz, our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Scott Frost kind of made it seem like, hey, if the Big Ten doesn't want to play, we'll find somewhere else to play. Could we see Nebraska go back with the boys in the Big 12? Well, 
that's interesting, right? I mean, they probably belong there anyways, but, um, uh, yeah, I think that you're going to see, well, I think that you'll see a conference. I think that the SEC is going to try this thing. One, they have longer runway, right? I mean, this is part of the reason why they, they set up the September 26th, I believe, start date rather than early September, because they felt like it gave them a longer runway to make more informed and better decisions based on the science. I think Greg Sankey has been a great leader in that regard. He tweeted out that sentiment today, and I think that's why you're not seeing the SEC jump into this fray whatsoever. Um, the Big Ten has forced a little bit their hand because they had those earlier start dates, so they're trying to make a decision whether they're going to start fall camp, and, and this is why this is kind of boiling up to the top right right now. I believe that the SEC is going to pause as long as they possibly can in order to play. I think the ACC will probably follow suit. Big 12 is on the fence a little bit. Doesn't look good for the Big 10 right now. But th- here's the other part to the point of your question. I really do believe that if we see a conference like the Big 10 or Pac-12 cancel or postpone their season, I absolutely believe there will be institutions within those conferences that step outside and go and try to find find games this fall. And and you're going to see the fracturing of that conference model. And I don't know if they'll step within the structure of a different conference model just for one season, or if they'll go and try to just create a five or six or seven game schedule on their own kind of remains to be seen. But trust me, they're they're not getting a lot of run, but there are schools in the PAC 12 that are looking at this as well. Yeah. I I think it's going to be, Super, super fascinating. And look, there's been talk of the break off of the top five conferences that, and there's also talk of a need for a college commissioner. My issue on a college commissioner or a college football commissioner is like you have five very distinct conferences, right? They have their own opinions. And, you know, I, yes, you may act in their best interest, but there'll be just as many yays as nays. It feels like we're so polarized in every different aspect that. No matter who you appoint as commissioner and you give them the, the, the ability to be heavy-handed, you're going to have just as much, if not more, unhappiness. Well, and we've seen that the, the more heavy-handed the commissioner, the, the worse off for the organization. I think that we've seen that in regards to the NFL and their player policy conduct, uh, their player conduct policy. Um, and we've seen that in other sports as well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if that's an, an answer to everything. I do think that there needs to be a more um, congruent governing body over the Power Five in some regards. Maybe not every regard, but in some regards. And in that in that sense, I, I do think it should mirror somewhat what we have uh, in our Constitution, where we're a federalist society under a federal government, but the states clearly govern themselves. I think that you can govern yourself as a conference, but you can fall under the overarching governing body of, of, of something that is protecting the health and well-being of that particular sport and not just the massive organization of intercollegiate athletics, which is right now the model with the NCAA. But those are all decisions for, for another day. Hey, I would be remiss if I wasn't on and I didn't at least you know drop these other two things in. Doug, the unintended consequences of potentially postponing or canceling the season, I think I've talked about the health issues, right? I think players are safer in the confines of football than they are outside. Right. But also, we've got to at least address the fact that the deterioration of their mental health would be sure to happen, right? Like, that would be expected. And in this age group, it needs to be said that the number two cause of death in America for a college-age kid is suicide. I don't think that we should be pushing 
kids towards what we would clearly see as the deterioration of their mental health, in particular when we've got substance abuse on the rise in our country. Some counties talking about double the amount of opioid deaths like Cook County, Illinois, throughout our lockdowns. There are massive human costs to taking things away from these athletes that they've singularly focused on for the majority of their lives in order to excel and provide opportunity both academically and in the future potentially financially. It'd fall behind academically, and they would also not have the ability to raise their monetary value in their future athletic endeavors like we've seen from Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow in the last three years. Well, it's interesting. You know, your kids are a little bit younger than mine. You know, I have two that are entering into high school. And, you know, both of them have gone through some ups and downs motion. My son's 11, and, you know... His baseball season was canceled. He's had, you know, he's he, where tackle football is probably canceled, you know, and like we've had basketball tournaments that we haven't done. And so you get to where kids and they start to lack motivation. Then you consider like at least he has a good window. At least he's going into sixth grade. So there'll be plenty more. But uh, from sixth graders not getting to go to Cooperstown, like most baseball players do, to basketball players not getting to be seen for to try and get a scholarship offer, football players the same. And then. You know, maybe you don't lose a year of college football, but all of a sudden now you get another class of seniors, and the fresh and the sen- and the the college seniors come back for another year. The high school seniors, and now now what do you do with all those? There's like there's a lot of unintended consequences, That's in right. addition to the mental health that we're not we're simply worried about. Hey, we can't be sued, and the irony to it is, like. Football's already been dangerous, really, really dangerous. And yeah, we've turned a blind right. eye to it for a long time because, well, that's football, right? So that's right. It's, 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 it, it's fascinating. We're on the same side in this one. It doesn't mean that we're only going to have you on when we're on the same side arguments. Keep up the good <laughs> fight. But by the way, last thing, the president tweeting out Trevor Lawrence's We Want to Play, good or bad for the sport in terms of the, the, the do you think it changes the, the, the equation at all? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I don't think it changes the equation. I tell you what I think it does do is it, is it gives red state governors more elasticity to tell their universities in their states, hey, you know, if you want to play, I'll support you. And, and, and that's where we get that fracturing of conferences and, and allegiances and so on and so forth. So I think, I think that's probably more what it does, which, I guess in, in, in the bottom line probably means that we'll see. I do believe this, Doug, I think we'll still see some college football games this fall. Call me crazy. Even in the midst of all this news, right? I like, I still believe that there'll be some college football games. I don't know how many, and I don't know where they'll be, but I think someone's going to try. Yeah. It's, it's, we live in some spectacularly interesting times. Great stuff, dude. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Appreciate it, bud. Have a good one. All right, the pleasure is all mine. I didn't even get to talk golf with my man, who's a tremendous golfer. So I love catching up with 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 Clat, whether we argue or whether, in this case, we agree. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, this is turning out to be a hell of a show. Maybe I hope an interesting show for you. I really do. Uh, c- coming up next, we'll get to what the Fox said. Ooh, ooh, this is good, 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 good stuff. Um, is Luka Doncic on track to be one of the all-time greats? We discuss next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio, we call it... And now... <laughs> what does the fuck say? Here's Nick Wright from First Things First talking about Luka Doncic's perf- uh, huge performance in wins in the bubble. I said this two months into his NBA career, and folks thought I was kidding. His ceiling 
is one of the ten greatest players ever. Oh, boy. And you are seeing it night in, night out. His rookie year, if he never improved from his rookie year of 21-8-6, he's a Hall of Famer. This year, he's given you 29-9-9. and And his ceiling is right alongside somewhere Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant, Oscar Robertson oh, in that God. six Cancel to ten range of the greatest <laughs> players of all time, Bruce. Cancel That's a ceiling. That's down. a ceiling. Um, look, I think Luca's awesome. I think he has a chance to be great, maybe even an all-time great. I, I don't understand the if he's averages what he averages his rookie year. Like this, this is not baseball. We don't simply go by the stats. The Larry Bird came to a team that won like 21 games and won 60 games his his first year there. Like that was the yes, he was a he was a better passer than Luca, and you know an equally talented scorer, uh, a better rebounder than Luca, and a better defender than Luca. But a great player, and Luca is a tremendous shooter, scorer, especially big shot maker. He knows how to use his body. He's a very good passer. I don't think he's Larry Bird, but I think he's really really good. Look, I think he could be a Hall of Famer. But like, can we just, can we get to where they make the playoffs? Then we'll see what they does in the playoffs. Can he learn to guard anybody? Um, he's got a big body. Like that's a, he, that's kind of a bad body dude. Can he maintain, play at this weight and not get hurt? Or, and can he be effective defensively? But offensively, he's got the whole bag, man. He's big. So he knows how to shoot over littler guys. He's strong, so he knows how to push guys that are more slender than him. And guys that are super athletic, you know, he finds ways to get him into positions where he can use angles. And when help comes, he'll, he's a very, very willing passer. He's fantastic. But before we start to talk about his ceiling being a top 15, 10 player in the NBA, like, let, let's breathe. He has not been a – this is the first year in which he's a top 10 player in the current NBA. We got a long ways to go to where he's a top 10 player, like, all time. Like, that's – Honestly, one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard, right? I mean, because if you, if you were just to go in your life, my lifetime, my lifetime, obviously he's never going to be Jordan, not going to be Bird, he's not going to be Magic, and he's not going to be LeBron. And the likelihood that he's Kobe or Tim Duncan, you know, is very, or Shaquille O'Neal is very slight. So now we're like, I'm at seven and I haven't gotten into a lot of other, a lot of other all-time great players: Isaiah Thomas, um, Dominique. Well, he's better than I like him better than Dominique Wilkins, but he, statistically, Dominique was incredible. Uh, Julius Irving, who was at the tail end of his career in the '80s, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who won six. Like so, like you start to get to uh, all right in the modern era of basketball, it's hard to get to the to the top. Ten. Like you know, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, more accomplished. If you want to say people that missed on him in the draft, they're bad. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns hired his national team coach. Hired his national team coach and then drafted DeAndre Ayton instead. And look, Ayton's not bad. He's become a really good player in the NBA. But he's at a position whose importance isn't as great in comparison to the way in which Luka plays. Luca had just won a European championship at 18 years old and was the tournament's MVP. And if you didn't know if he could play, you could simply ask his national team coach, who you've obviously since fired, but uh, knew, knows his game inside and out. So, so to me, I, it's a, it was a no-brainer for Arizona, but instead they no-brained it. That's really what it comes down to. 
We just, you know, like, I love Nick Wright, but this you know, top 10 player, like, is he going to be Kareem? The all-time leading scorer in the NBA history and six-time MVP, MVP? Like, no? Okay, well, he's not, he'll never be in that discussion. What you need to know about the future of college football, where it stands right now. Get to that next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 